Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and to this episode with of Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families across Australia, whether it's your baby who is not settling properly or what do I mean? What do I mean properly? <laughs> not settling the way you might like them to or they're not feeding or your toddler's throwing food at their sibling, whatever it might be, Chris <laughs> is here to help. So do yourself a favour if you have a question and you're watching us live via Facebook, pop your question below in the comments section or if you're listening via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. We also have a Facebook group. You can post your question in there or direct mail us. Lots of ways to get in touch. Hello, Chris, how are you? I'm really well. How are you? I'm good, you know, I'm here, I'm still doing my thing, still, still, failing, at on. Year, still failing at year four maths. Um, yeah. <laughs> How's the spelling? I, I was wondering the other day, I was thinking, I wonder if there's any parent who's just flourishing with remote learning and has decided that they need to be a teacher. Because I know a few grandparents who have taken Ooh. over that role and they're really enjoying it. Are they really? Mum, yeah. Dad, if you're watching. Uh, yeah. Come on over. <laughs> come on over. We're not allowed. Oh, well. No. Listen, listen uh, if you are in lockdown, uh, we're here right here with you. Um, but regardless of where you are or what's going on, children dance to the beat of their own drum. So um, we're sure that there's still stuff going on for everyone. And we might start with a question from Madeline. Yep who emailed us, she said, um, I have a 19-month-old who is really pushing my buttons. I try my best to be patient with him, but his behaviour is getting worse. He does not listen at all, even though he can understand what's being asked. He just runs off and laughs even when he knows I'm getting upset. He won't even let me change his nappy. He just rolls away mid-nappy change and it's very frustrating. He also says no to everything and hits me all the time. How do I discipline and help this behavior? I also have an almost three-year-old who is also getting frustrated with his younger brother's behavior. Please help. Well, that sounds like a little um, a little 19-month-old that has lots of power. I think this is really difficult because as we were speaking before, you know, you're probably juggling a lot of things and a 19-month-old, 20-month-old, 18-month-old's they need a lot of time and patience and um, and follow through. So, yes, he does understand what you're saying, but still putting that concept to what he needs to do is still immature. So I think you have to give him a little bit of grace there. And then um, I would go much slower with what I'm doing. So they'll always run away when you're trying to change their nappy. So trying something like using pull-ups and going up to him where he's playing and just getting him to stand up especially if it's just a wet nappy. If it's a dirty nappy, sure, you're going to have to lasso him and tie him down to change the nappy. But I think if it's just in that one moment for a dirty nappy, then I'd use bribery and corruption and hand him something like the remote control to the television and he only gets it when you're doing that because that is an age and a stage. And although he does understand you, to put that stop what you're doing and come to me, that's quite a big concept for them to do. So let's see how much we can do going to him. He's probably following his big brother in a way, so his concepts are big in his head, but he can't actually do them. So go gently, go slow, slower transitions into things like let's we're going to the park, let's go and get your shoes, 
come and help mummy get your shoes, sit down and get your, to put your shoes on. Now, those three steps in getting him to the park, just to get him out the door to get to the park, that might take you five to ten minutes to do. Whereas I think if we walk up to a toddler and say, we're putting our shoes on and we're going to the park, that's too, too quick for them and they'll just run away doing that. I think in terms of discipline, he's very young and that doesn't mean he gets away with it. But the things that I would discipline so he knows he's done wrong is any form of a physical thing like hitting, kicking, biting. But if he's just running down the hallway screaming, sometimes just letting him go and letting him come back to you will actually help that process be much quicker. And if he did hit, kick or bite you, because there's a chance he could, um, then I'd just do something like putting him down, eye-to-eye contact, no, we don't bite, hit, kick in our family, get him to sit for a moment and then maybe reinforce it by saying we don't do that and then moving him on. I think this age group get caught up with us rushing in life and once we slow down, they slow down and you'll find it a little bit easier. So hopefully some of those points can help you have him a little bit calmer and a little bit more settled. Good luck with that. Steph uh, from our Facebook Live says, Hi, ladies. How many breastfeeds should my eight-month-old be having? She has three solid meals a day and water. Thank you. Uh, In the day, they usually have about four breastfeeds in the day. So they have one in the morning, one around mid-morning after they've got up from their morning sleep, one around their afternoon sleep, and then one in the evening. Um, generally by nine months, they're either sleeping through the night or most of the way through the night. So she could even be carrying one feed around four o'clock in the morning, Um, but make it quite short. Otherwise, she won't feed well in the morning. So I'd say around four in total um, and, and looking like she's sleeping through or she is sleeping through. Okay. This next question comes from an email from Roxana. She says, Uh, Thank you for answering my questions a few weeks ago. Not that you're going to remember what that question was, Chris, but she said things have changed now and they're worse and I need help, please. And they're worse. Uh, Yes. They've changed or they're worse than when when she did it. I think they've changed now and now they're they're worse. Yes. So my daughter will be five months in four days. Right. There's a bit of info here. Okay. She's mixed fed, yeah, good pen, (laughs) formula and express breast milk, feeding every three and a half hours during the day. She takes between 80 to 120 ml bottle four times a day and last feed in the evening at 7 p.m. with 200 to 240 mils, five feeds in total during the day. At night, wakes once or twice and takes 120 to 150 mils. Since birth, she's never been a good sleeper during the day and needs a lot of settling to go to sleep and uses a dummy for day sleeps only. We put her in a sleep bag with arms in. For day naps, we aim for four sleeps a day, usually two longer sleeps between one to two hours each and two shorter nap sleeps of 30 to 40 minutes each. I aim for four hours of sleep in the day. I settle her in her bassinet by rocking the bassinet and sometimes need to pick her up and cuddle her to help connect sleep cycles. For night sleep, I rock her to sleep in my arms and put her down. She goes to sleep around 7.15 to 7.45 and we do a play, feed, bath, feed and sleep routine. 
She used to sleep from 7.15 to 7.45 till 2 or 3 a.m., but lately she's waking at 11.30 p.m. crying and sucking her hands. She used to take 160 to 180 mils bottle, but now only takes 130 to 150 mil and goes back to sleep in my arms and wakes again around 4.30 or 5. So we rock her in the bassinet. Sometimes I give her the dummy and she manages to sleep on and off till 6.30 a.m., If she doesn't go back to sleep after 10 to 15 minutes of settling and she cries, we feed her. We have started three solids three weeks ago and she takes a couple of teaspoons twice a day, morning and lunchtime. Please help. I feel we are regressing with her ability to sleep longer hours at night as she is waking after four hours. Please also guide on what to do to prevent early morning waking. Right. How much time do we have? (laughs) <laughs> can I say I think there's I, I feel like I want to put my hand up and say oh miss I think I know one thing yeah okay you start and then we'll go from there what do you think <laughs> I think from everything I've heard from yourself and Joe Ryan that um she can't well she can't it's not great to be rocking her to sleep because she sleeps in the arms and then she wakes up in the bassinet and she gets confused See, I've learned something. In yes, perfect. So I think that's one of the predominant, predominant features. The other one is she's not drinking enough in the day. So I think she's been overfed um, by solids because everyone gets very confused about the solids and how much and when and why. And she's decreased to milk in the day, which will automatically make her wake up at night. And the third thing, so we've got how she goes to sleep. We've got the quantities of milk. And the third thing is at five months, it must be a very big bassinet for her to fit in. So one of the things that could be waking her or disturbing her sleep is the amount of room she has around her. So in a few quick steps, the thing I'd be thinking about as a five-month-old would be that in their day, they would have four milk feeds and one meal. um, And at night, they'd have one feed. And the milk feeds in the day need to be higher. So they're usually around 150 to 180 in the first three and then about 180 to 210 in the last feed with a small meal in the middle there. It's actually quite a complex answer. Like it quite literally could take me an hour to answer this. So I thought I might just put it in point form. So that would be the first thing. I think you need to decrease your solids and increase your milk in the day. Um, I feed in her every three to three and a half hours, I think is right for her age, probably closer to three and a half hours. And having, they have usually moving from um, four sleeps to three sleeps, but they have to sleep well in the day. So they still need about four to four and a half hours of total sleep in the day. So like a good morning sleep, maybe a nap if you're out and then a good afternoon sleep. And then the last one, as you touched on, as we've infiltrated you and you understand little babies, <laughs> that would be Chef, um, <laughs> is about how she goes to sleep. So there's lots of rocking and lots of patting um, probably to put her to sleep. And then when she wakes up, she finds herself in a different space and she doesn't know how to go back to sleep. So in terms of fixing it, I would look at your timing in the day in terms of her bottles. I would look at decreasing her solids and increasing her milk and then I would tackle your settling because otherwise you're going to get overwhelmed by all of this. So I would still swaddle her at the moment. I'd put her into her bed. I'd tuck her in 
and I'd gently rock the bassinet just to give her the message about being in her bed and only pick her up if she's getting herself a little worked up, give her a cuddle till she's calm, then put her back down and then go back into rocking. And I think if you can break this up into three steps, you're going to feel like you're getting on top of this than trying trying to change everything all at once. That's mm. the short answer to this long question. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck. There's a lot there. But, yeah, you can always, yeah. um, if you're watching us by Facebook, you can always listen back to the podcast and yeah. take it slowly and sort of let it sink in. Yeah. Our next question comes from Melissa from our Facebook inbox. She says, my three-year-old has turned into a terror, kicking oh. and screaming when he's home from childcare and nothing stops stops him. What strategies can I use to calm him other than screaming or speaking calmly? Thank you. I think it's um, really tough. I mean, three-year-olds can be tough. They can be delightful. I think they're like the nursery rhyme. When they're good, they're really, really good. But when they're bad, they're sort of the other way. But in this case, you've got to put yourself, I think, in his shoes. Um, Daycare days are big days for anybody at any age, and they're especially big for three-year-olds. They're lots of concepts, there's lots of being really good all day and they don't get that window just to let it out until they see you and then they let it out. So I think we need to walk in his shoes a little bit and see what's going on for him. So the first thing I consider is how many days is he going to daycare? Um, So that could be one thing. He might be going four days or five days and he's just not getting the time from you and for lots of us, we can't, we can't change that. That's where our world is at. But we have to be very mindful of what the three-year-old's going through. And maybe if we can at least one day or some of the time pick him up earlier and give him more time before you're asking big things from him. So if you look at the average child coming home from daycare around 5 o'clock, the parents are often straight into dinner and baths and cuddle time and stories and trying to get them into bed by seven and it's just too much it's too much of a rush for them so I think if you can slow things down for him and take them slower and it could be as simple as when you come through the door just sitting down for 15 or 20 minutes turning phones off and giving him total attention before you move into the dinner the bath and the bed part of it If you can, picking him up earlier might also help. And I think if you can sit back for a moment, if it's predominantly around the days you pick him up from childcare, remember he's been good all day and he's got to have that window to just let it out. And if it was summer, I'd say go to the park after picking him up at daycare and just let him run around and then things might be better. But in the end, he just wants time with you. And if we're forcing or making quick decisions, it's just too much for him. So slow down if you can and calm it down. And then I think you'll get an idea of whether it's just a moment in his day or whether there's something else going on underneath it. Our next question comes from Fiona, also had sent an email to our Facebook. She says, our daughter is two and two and four, two years, four months old. She's generally happy and healthy. 
When it comes to bedtime, she can be incredibly challenging. Sleep has always been hard work with her, but we are now really challenged by her behavior. She often wakes overnight, will scream when put back to bed and can go go for up up to an hour. She's hysterical if dad takes her back. We have a four-month-old newborn, so it's often not, not possible for me to spend the time with her overnight. When we take her back to her room, we stay with her until she falls asleep. She has done this since birth and has rarely slept through. Some nights are worse than others. She no longer has a day sleep and she wakes around 6 or 7 a.m. Bedtime is between 7 and 7.30 p.m. She sleeps in a single bed and shares a room with her twin brother. They have an older four-year-old brother in the room next door. Both boys miraculously sleep through her midnight shenanigans. How can we encourage her to get back into bed more easily and ultimately self-settle? We are exhausted and it can't be good for her to be getting so worked up. P.S. Thank you so much for these episodes. I've learned so much over the years. It has been literally life-changing for us when we have implemented the advice at times. You are angels. (laughs) Now, Chev, you just broke up a little. Did it say what type, if, whether she had a sleep in the day? Not anymore. Okay. So one of the things, I think the two things that I took from that is um, that you sit with her when she goes to sleep, and mm. I think that's what she's asking when she wakes up. And, of course, we're all tired and we want it to be quick and, you know, there's a new baby in this mix as well. So there's a couple of things going on. She's in a single bed and she's young in a single bed and lots of people put children in their, in a single bed young, but then at around four to six months later, they really, it's like they can't do it anymore and they want to get out of the bed and often get off the bed. And this is where this behaviour, where we end up sitting with the child in the bed and wait for them to fall asleep. But, of course, that is setting up a pattern of if I wake up, well, why aren't you at the end of the bed? And then take into account that there's a new baby in here and everybody's a bit more tired and it's a recipe for midnight shenanigans, as as you put it down. In this case, and I'm working with a couple of people with children with a similar problem, we've got to take a little bit of time here. Um, I think... For two and four months and given up her day sleep, I would try and put her into bed a bit earlier. I think her days are very long um, in that she's up at 6 and she's not going down till 7.30. If she's two, not even two and a half and she's given up a day sleep, I'd probably be starting her bedtime routine more 6.30 so she's asleep by 7 than the 7 to 7.30. And that could have to do with everything going on in the house and putting a four-year-old to sleep and her waiting for a twin brother to come to bed with her, you know, all of those sorts of things, and that makes it harder. Um, And then I would try standing at the door and not sitting at her bed and then trying to remove yourself away from the doorframe. And each of these steps are going to take time. They really are going to take time, and it depends what's going on in the house. So there's no simple answer to this. But I would change the time I put her to bed. It might make it easier for her to go to bed. And then I think the other thing is when she calls out for mummy instead of daddy, that's just where she's at at the moment. She feels like, you know, that baby might be taking a bit more time. So carving out along the day, and I know this is a big ask of a bit of one-on-one time, and it could be as quick as 10 or 15 minutes, but it's really deliberately one-on-one time, might help her make this transition as well. 
But if daddy is putting her to bed, um, probably backing daddy up and, and saying, no, daddy's putting you to bed tonight will help with the consistency rate. So I think this is a little bit more complex because there's so much more going on. So take it in really little steps like settling her from the door instead of settling her beside her bed, taking her back to her bed, giving her a bit of time, a bit of one-on-one time and possibly putting her to bed a little earlier might make all the things a little bit easier to deal with. Yeah, and I do think it's a miracle that she doesn't wake up her brothers. <laughs> yeah, incredible. I always say they sleep well. Nobody ever believes us, but we always go, no, they'll sleep. At least till four yeah. in the morning they'll sleep. Everyone so. in my house sleeps way better than I do. Yeah. I? <laughs> Everyone in my house has slept through, like, things falling off walls. Yeah, but you, you've got your mummy ears on. Yeah, <laughs> any noise you wake up to. Exactly. Um, well, good luck with that. I hope that helps, Fiona. Um, our next question comes from Sammy from Facebook Live. Sammy says, my 15-month-old is teething. She loves to bite everything and everyone. Oh. It's sometimes a torture for us, LOL. What can we do to help her teething and stop her biting us? I've just got visions of a little baby just... <laughs> yeah, going along munching. Um I'd be really interested as to, as to whether she's really teething or she's just biting, like as in the stage of biting, mm-hmm. um, because teething doesn't take very long. So if if her, and at 15 months, it might be her eye teeth or some molars coming through, I would have thought she would want something in her mouth that she was chewing on as opposed to biting someone. So I, the first thing I do is watch the scenarios when she bites like when you take something away and she bites your leg, I'd say that's definitely biting in reaction to what you're doing. And teething, I think she would get something and bite on it as opposed to biting us. So I think there might be two things going on there. But in any, any, um, in any respect, when she bites, she needs to understand that biting is not what we do. So the first thing I do, because she's so young, she won't have very much language at 15 months, is... Now that you're aware she does bite and when she bites you, I'd be really conscious to interrupt that moment. So, for instance, if she's playing and you pick her up suddenly and she bites your shoulder, I would always pick her up from behind to try and disturb that pattern of just automatically biting into you. If you're trying to take something off off her and you're standing up, she's likely to bite your thighs. So... If you're going to take something off, maybe substitute it with something else to start with and distract her and move her away from you so that she's not biting you. It'd be interesting to know whether she's biting lots of people or just one person. Um, But I don't think it's a teething. It doesn't sound like teething to me. Teething sounds more like irritability. Um, She puts a finger in her mouth and gnaws on her finger. I think this might be just a little period of actually being the child that's biting and disrupting that behaviour is the best way for it to die down and for her to stop doing it. Nicole on Facebook Live says, my son turns three next month and I'm looking for tips on transitioning him from cot to bed and toilet training. We have not attempted either yet. Should I do both at once? And if not, which should I start first? See, I know the answer to one of those questions. Okay, go for it. <laughs> 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 so do not do them both at the same time. 
Perfect. Yes, you're absolutely right. Don't do them at the same time. Um, I would probably wait till the weather was much warmer before I toilet trained him. I know he'll be over three then. Don't worry about the age. I think he will do much better when it's warmer. And then you can do a really easy, you know, weekends with just little undies on and, and a potty and taking him to the toilet because he's really over the age of three. So he could, could get it very quickly. You could instigate the concept of toileting by putting um, a soft toilet seat on his toilet and some steps. And when he's having a bath, we sit him on the toilet and we start to make that connection between there's the toilet and that's where we do a wee or a poop. And then in the summer, we're just going to increase the time, put little undies on him, and I'm sure over, you know, a couple of weeks he'll just get better and better at it. That is the very short version of toilet training, okay? It's a bit more complex than that, but I would wait and do that, okay? The cot to bed, um, I think you could do now and get him comfortably doing that before you toilet train him. And so all I do in this case is I take all the baby things off. So I take, a, if he's still in the sleeping bag, I take the sleeping bag off and I make his cot up as a bed. So I get him a little pillow and I tuck a little blanket as if you were putting him to bed in a big bed. And for a little while, I'm just putting him to bed like in a big bed and then order a big bed for him. And he's getting comfortable sleeping on the pillow and being tucked in. So that when that bed comes and you transition him into the big bed, it literally will be seamless. You just take him out of the cot, pack the cot away, put him in the big bed, take his pillow with him and then tuck him in and he should make that transition fairly seamlessly. Lots of people ask us about what happens if they roll out of the bed. So because you're packing that cot up, I would keep the mattress to the bed and I'd slide it under his new single bed. And when you go to bed, I'd just pull it out in that first couple of weeks. So if he did roll, he'd just roll onto the mattress of his, of his cot underneath. But lots of children don't ever roll out of bed, you know, so they just stay in bed. It's more like when they're four or five and they turn that way and they just slide off their bed. They're more <laughs> likely to roll off their bed. Um, but I think if you take a little bit of time and set it up in his cot and then transition to his bed, it will almost be seamlessly. And then in the summer, like in October, November, December, I'd toilet train him then. Our next question comes from Rhiannon on the Facebook Live. She says, I don't even know where to start. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old and a, a four-month-old. We're in lockdown in Melbourne. My four-month-old is doing well thanks to your book and this helpline that I used with my oldest. Um, falls asleep independently, resettles, and two nights ago slept from 6.30 till 5.50 a.m. Woo! done well. Have. However, my three-and-a-half-year-old is struggling this lockdown. We've been lucky with previous lockdowns. Nothing changed for him as I work in emergency service, so he continued to attend daycare. But this time I'm on maternity leave, so he can no longer attend. He normally goes four days a week. He's been so emotional when he gets upset that tantrums are huge. He runs off and we can't even talk to him without making him worse. He cries and tells me he misses daycare and his best friend. We've been able to FaceTime with his best friend. He loses it if I leave the house for a walk saying he has lost me and he's never been a clingy kid. Today, he was screaming for me while my partner tried to keep him entertained while I was trying to get my four-month-old asleep. 
for that annoying third nap of the day, which can be hit or miss. It certainly can. Uh, He's been waking in the night, but he was doing that before this new change. And we had been working on the issue of getting him to stay in bed at night. With everything happening now, I don't know how to support him through this. I don't know what to do when he has these emotional outbursts or tantrums as he has never been this extreme and I still need to meet my four-month-old's needs. Any strategies to assist would be amazing. Well, I think it's really hard, really tough because one week he went to preschool and the next week he didn't go to preschool because the lockdown was so quick there. We get a hint before we, we go into it up here, but they, get, they went into it really quickly into that lockdown and I do wonder how we recognise that in young people, like really young, two-year-olds and three, especially that three- to five-year-olds because their whole life is about their friendships and the friendships get cut off. Yeah. But it sounds like you are trying to make that link, like FaceTime and his best friend. And another one with that one is for the mother of the child to have the same book as you and you both read the book together or that you might might both be making muffins. And I know that is a big ask. But remember, they've gone from four days a week of being, you know, entertained or um, have that freedom of play for four days a week to nothing all in one go. So I think in the day, in that busy day of that four-month-old is to make sure in that window, in the middle sleep, where the baby sleeps for a shorter period, that you really set up something for him to fill in that time, whether it's out in the backyard and building a fort or whether it's muffins in the kitchen while the four-month-old sleeps in a pouch. I think you have to set up a time for him because I think this reads to me like he's got a little bit of anxiety about what's going to happen next and that transition hasn't been easy. I don't think this is all about three-year-old tantrums. I think this is more than that for him to be that emotional. So when he is overly emotional, like you're going in to settle the four-month-old, I reckon settle the four-month-old because that's a bigger hassle, then come back and give him time, even if it's only a few minutes, but give him time. If you're trying to leave the house and he's crying, then go back and give him a hug and then say, you know, hold mummy's watch until I come back from the shops or wherever it is that you might be going. I think he is struggling a little bit. And I think he does need some contact with the people that he went to school with, more than just his best friend, if there was another one, just to help him along a little bit. And hopefully the lockdown will be shorter, hopefully. And he, you know, can go back to his normal, you know, going back to daycare. But I do wonder what these little people think when it shuts down so quickly Mm. and they don't get any time to adjust to it. Yeah, and Chris, I know that you often say when a new baby comes that can also yeah. lead to more emotion. I mean, this little boy's got a new new baby brother or sister and also has lockdown. That sounds like a lot for It is a lot. Yeah, no, it is a lot. That baby, you know, she, is taking a lot of mum's time because they're learning to sleep, which is always difficult. Mm. But I think if he was at daycare, those little moments of mum going out to pat a baby or rock a baby, they can handle a little bit better. But I think it's because everything's been ripped away. Like all of the norms have been taken away. And it would be interesting to talk to someone about where we think those kids or how those kids would be coping. But from that letter, I think this is more a little bit of anxiety as well. 
over it as opposed to a three-year-old going, well, we've got a new baby, so I'm going to get overly emotional about that. I think this is more than that and that it might need to be a slower step and a few more cuddles to get him through these windows because as it looks now, what it could be a couple of weeks before he goes back to daycare in the capacity that he was doing before. So I'd sit back and I'd reflect and sometimes you just have to get the job done and he has to, you know, you have to do the best you can at that. And other times I think you have to take a quiet moment and give him an extra hug. But I'd also be thinking every day, what am I going to do next with him and what am I going to do next? There's nothing like a spray can of water and washing those windows over and over again. <laughs> you just never wash those windows enough, can you? <laughs> so, oh, Rhiannon, it's so tough. I think it is really tough. But go gently. Feels like a little bit of anxiety around it. Give him a few more cuddles. And, you know, I think we have to step back and maybe think of where he's at at the moment. And he is a three-year-old, so don't don't let him walk over the top of you. But, yeah, I think it's just he doesn't know what's going to happen next. We have to reassure him. Yeah, and good luck to you too, Rhiannon. It's, that's yeah. a lot for you as well. Um, we've run out of time, but I want to throw one last one at you if I can, Bruce. This one's from Belinda on our Facebook Live. She says, how do you diffuse a three-and-a-half-year-old's toddler's meltdowns when he is aggressive and cannot be calmed down? Oh, I've been oh. there, Belinda. <laughs> oh. I think at that point when he's becoming aggressive, you have to put him in a safe place. You have to find a safe place and put him in a safe place. So he's, as a three-year-old, he might be out of a cot. Um, So even getting a baby gate and putting it in a section, like on his bedroom door and putting him on the other side where he's safe in that bedroom, when it gets out of control, you've got to give him the time to calm down. There's no use getting in there and trying to fix it or hug him, and he's just lashing out. At that point, he's so out of control. It's really about calming the situation down, calming him down, and either ignoring what went on or then addressing it later. So in this case, I often use a little baby gate, make a safe area like his bedroom, which is usually a child's bedroom is quite safe, and just pop him in there. And once he's calmed down, and even sitting on the other side of that gate and just saying, okay, mummy can't hear you unless you calm down, you need to stop crying, then mummy can hear you, is really going to help him calm down, diffuse it, and then from there you're going to move on from there. So create a safe space and, and put him in the safe space, I think. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time this evening. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's lovely. And thank you, everyone, for joining and for asking your questions. I hope that... Uh, armed with this knowledge, you can go forth and have a better week, particularly for those of you who are juggling all the stuff in lockdown. Um, if you didn't get your chance to ask uh, Chris your question, you can book a one-on-one session with Chris through our experts at the Babyology's Parent School. There will be links in this podcast and on the comments of the Facebook Live below. We will be back next week. Thanks again, Chris. See That's you a pleasure. Good night. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.